Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm Tim, and I'm glad you can join me today as you are living your life and heading toward your emerging future. Hopefully you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is so true. You can be more, do more, and have more. Hope you're doing well. If you're an Olympics fan, I hope you're watching the Olympics, man. It's so cool to see countries get together and compete like that. It's like such a big gathering of people groups. I just think it's so awesome. So uh, I'm a big Olympics fan. Um, it was funny because Christy Yamaguchi won like gold 20 years ago. And I think that's amazing because I was like 20 years ago, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm, I'm getting older, but I remember, and I remember watching it. And so I was talking with some folks the other day about that. And, um, cause, uh, we actually watched it together and it was pretty cool. So, um, yeah. Hey, a couple things, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, we have a great, we have, first of all, let me just say this. We have a great episode today with Jen Hempill. She is, um, she has a book coming out called Her Money Matters, an amazing, amazing interview. And it's practical money stuff. I don't care who you are. It is good. And she is awesome. And it's something I can tell she's so passionate about. Um, but before I jump into that, let me uh, briefly tell you some things. I'm going to be switching up the format. We're looking to go to Thursdays. Because on Monday, something I would like to do is I'm a, I like to, you know, so everybody knows that song, you know, everybody is working for the weekend, you know, and I understand you work hard, get to play hard on the weekend, right? Well, I like my Sunday, my Sunday night is like most people's Friday. And it's because I look forward to Monday because I'm a big making a difference person. Now I like rest and rejuvenation and I like relationship and family time. I do like all of that, but I love also taking that. I use that as my energy to go into everything else. So that's what my goal is. So we'll be putting out some content on Mondays called TGIM, hashtag TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. Just little things, some videos, stuff like that to inspire you and uh, to speak to your aspirations. Also, uh, give you some free coaching that you can get some tips on how to maybe handle some challenges and whatnot. So I believe after this episode, which is live today, um, the 12th, that you will feel the shift and the shift will go to the Thursday and... Um, yeah, we're going to try that out for a while, see how it works. Also, I've got some great, great new co-hosts. We want to, um, you know, recognize the past, what we did. And Megan was a great co-host for a while, and it was awesome. And we had some great times and with some changes and some shifts. Um, we're going into this new format, which um, I've got some people that I'll be introducing to you that we will be kind of doing a little round robin, having some fun. Um, and, uh, it's going to be cool. It's going to be a little different, but it will be cool. So always remember to look for updates on our social channels, but you can find everything you need to know at our website, uphillconversations.co. You can find everything there, all our social, everything, all the information. If you would like to be a guest on the show, click on it. It's real simple. Submit your guest application or if you know someone else you want to recommend, click and submit. That would be very, very, very cool. And I would love to check them out. So, hey, this person, Jen Hempill, Hemp, sorry, Hempill, I, I just wanted to let you know the, the conversation was really great. I was so touched. I was, you know, when it comes to like money stuff, everybody like immediately thinks of like Sue Zorman or like Dave Ramsey and they're great. But this person is just so practical, living this basic life, and um, and I think she needs to be heard. And I think she has something to add to um, this money conversation. Um, three things that she says that I really like. I believe everyone needs to be financially literate. I believe you need to spend and save mindfully. And I believe that you need to live fully with what you have right 
now. I mean, she, we get into some great stuff. You know, how do you find yourself in certain situations when it comes to money? You're tired of working so hard and never seeing to get ahead. You know, you're, you're good at saving, but something is missing and you're still standing in the same spot. Um, you feel that you're letting life pass you by instead of living your life all because of money. Anyways, she has a book coming out soon, Her Money Matters, which we'll keep up with that. Um, I've had a preview copy of it, and it's great. It's simple, and it's very helpful. So what I would like to do is introduce you to Jen Hempill, and I hope that you just have a great time sitting and listening. Be inspired by someone who has been very simple, very practical for a very long time and has turned this into something that is very helpful and useful to other people. So without any further delay, let's jump into this conversation with Jen Hempill. Welcome to the show, Jen. Why don't you tell everyone about yourself and how you are showing up in the world? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And a little bit about me and who I am. As you mentioned, my name is Jen Hemphill, and I call myself a money confidence coach. And the reason why I don't call myself a money coach or any variation other than that is because when I work with my clients, I've asked them, so really, what is it that I bring to the table for you? How am I making a difference? Because I help my focus is helping women uh, increase their confidence, uh, really simplify their finances and really master their money. And what came uh, to fruition from those conversations was that they, when, when I work with them, I help them build that confidence that they didn't have before in their finances. So that, hence the money confidence coach. I'm also uh, what's called an accredited financial counselor, which is not a financial planner, which people tend to get confused because you don't hear the term accredited financial counselor a lot. You don't hear it as much as a financial planner because that term has been financial planner has been around for a long time. So, and really, really quick, the difference is as a financial planner can give you advice on the different uh, funds that you can invest, where as a counselor, a financial counselor, I can give you, I provide the education. And basically, right. I help those that are wanting to work with a financial planner. So really helping um, increase that cash flow, that disposal, disposable cash flow so they can work with a financial planner to start investing or investing more. So that, and I'm also a host of the Her Money Matters podcaster, uh, Her Money Matters podcast. I'm a podcast podcaster as well. Uh, what else can I tell you? I'm a mom of two boys, a military spouse. I've been a military st spouse for 17 years. Uh, so we've moved around quite a bit. And that really, why I'm doing what I'm doing has to do with why, uh, has to do with my military spouse roots, because as a military spouse, uh, or as a military family, we move around quite a bit. And I wanted to, have a career where I could stay at home with my boys. And it's really having my cake and eat it too. I, it was really, really important for me because my husband uh, travels a lot where I could build a career, stay at home with my boys. And, uh, and so therefore that led me to the path of what I'm doing today. Wow. Well, first of all, let me just say, um, and this is to you as well as to your husband, but thank you for your service Oh, to our you. great nation. And you are in service as well as a spouse and what you do matters. So um, I appreciate that. <laughs> but please let him know that means the world to me. And I'm very grateful for that. And, um, and for you as well, um, because it's not an easy life. So um, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. And I'll pass it along. <laughs> thank you. So money and confidence. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit because, um, and this is not, I believe security matters to all of us, right? But I do know when it comes to needs of men and women, security is a big deal. And I know that your focus, you said, is you try to help women um, mm -hmm. in this area. Uh, but with that confidence part, that's a big hurdle. 
like and security, Absolutely. it's huge, you know, because especially if you, I don't know what your clientele base is like, so I don't know. I don't know if you mm-hmm. work with a lot of military, um, you know, women and, um, in, uh, relationships, I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, there's always that thought of, you know, what if my spouse doesn't come home? Exactly. You know, exactly. so can you talk about, you know, this money confidence coach, like money and confidence, those two by and large, um, they don't seem very synonymous for most people. Right. And here's the thing. When you think of confidence as a, as individuals, we will have confidence in one area, some area out of our life and other areas where we don't feel so confident. And you're right. When we think money, we don't think about, do I need, do I need to be confident around my money? We don't think about those things. But the fact of the matter is that confidence and your money confidence plays such a huge part in your financial life. Because if you're lacking some confidence, you're going to have different thoughts and maybe negative thoughts in your mind about money. So if you don't feel so good on how you're budgeting or how you're managing your money, or maybe you don't feel good about how maybe you're spending your money or that you're eating out a lot and you feel a lot of shame or guilt or whatever that case may be. So you have to really build that confidence with your money to be able, because with confidence, if you build your confidence first, it's really about owning it to begin with, right? There's no easy or way to do it, but it's really about owning it. And by owning it, then you're going to start feeling more confident. And once you start feeling more confident, you're going to take more action. And then the more action you take, you're closer to achieving your financial goals, right? Right. And there's different ways to build your confidence. One, well, the first thing is you do have to own it. Just get <laughs> from the gate, just own your confidence. But to gain more confidence, you can do different things. Like we're on, we're talking on a podcast right now. You can listen to inspiring podcasts. You can read personal finance books. You can read uh, personal finance blogs. There's a lot of personal finance blogs out there. You can also celebrate money wins. That is a big, uh, that's a huge thing that we don't do because as individuals, we live from day to day. We, I don't know, I'm a checklist type person. I don't know about you, Tim, but I'm a (laughs) checklist type person. And you mark off all the things that you got done that day. And then you move on to the next. You don't take a moment to breathe, acknowledge the, the great things that you did for that day. And the same with money. We may pay off a bill or, or, or maybe pay off a credit card debt. And then we just move on to the next thing. And we don't take some time to uh, celebrate that win. So it's really important to celebrate the win. And in, in celebrating those money wins, that also builds your confidence. Right. And I love that, that your focus is not just do the checklist because I'm a big picture person. So I like doing things in chunks. I like deep work. You know, I'm a deep work guy. So for me, it's like I try to do my day in blocks, right? Mm -hmm. So what I do is I say, these are the things I wish to accomplish. So it's not that your way is right and mine is wrong or vice versa, right? right? It's just how we go about doing it, right? But the part that's most important that I like, and I would love for you to dig into it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. is that celebration thing. Because I'm a simples. I'm a simple thing guy. Like that's me. Simple things. Just simple. Just give me like a little piece of paper with a note with some sort of in you know endearing message to me mm-hmm. is so much greater than you telling me you which my New England Patriots lost the Super Bowl. But <laughs> I'm from, I'm from Connecticut. So they lost. But what I'm saying is like that means more to me than tickets to the Super Bowl. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. It's simple things. Absolutely. And we, you're right. We miss out on celebrating things. And I feel like that affects us in our confidence. Can you dig a little deeper into just what little wins look like? What, what are little financial wins? Like, what would you say are things that you try to help people with to say, not just paying off the bill, 
But mm-hmm. even if it's just staying on top of that bill, not being behind on that bill, like what are the things that you say are going to give you the greatest conf- confidence to change the way you feel about what maybe you're going through and right. as it relates to money? Right. So with money wins, you were asking, um, before you asked that second question, you were asking about what, what are some examples of some money wins that you can celebrate uh, besides paying off debt. It could be as simple as, for example, maybe you are a Starbucks person and I'm raising my hand like guilty right there. And <laughs> uh, you know, I know where the, every Starbucks <laughs> near me is. Uh, and you, you have, know, you have the that app, is, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. You have the app. Oh, okay. Guilty. Yes. (laughs) So do I. (laughs) And so maybe, you know, that's a leak, if you will, that's where you tend to indulge. And maybe that's an area that you can save money on. Let's just say, right. And, uh, and a money win can be that instead of going three times a week, you for three weeks in a row, you only went once, right? So that could be a money win. It could be, um, I mean, as simple as, uh, finding some money, right. Laying around that you didn't realize you had, it can be, um, saving some money at the grocery store. It could be all sorts of things or implementing, um, a new tip that you learned uh, for your money and having success with it. So there's the sky's the limit is the type of men, of the in terms of the types of money wins that are out there is just a matter of just thinking and asking yourself what kind have what kind of money wins have I had this week? Because sometimes without asking ourselves, we don't realize, right? So it's right. acknowledging, observing, and asking those questions of yourself as well. I love that. And, you know, um, some things that I've researched about you, which um, I like to look into people and that's Uh why I want you on the show. No, this is good. But money and its impact, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's money and its impact. Mm -hmm. Most people are too busy in search of it without thinking about the impact Mm -hmm. because there are some people that have it and. And I'm like, you know, so the way I was raised, like my grandpa, I remember walking with him. He, you know, he passed away in 2006 and Mm -hmm. my grandpa would take me in Connecticut and we would take walks and he'd hold my hand and like, there'd be a penny on the ground or something. And he told me like, I would pick it up and I'd be like, grandpa, look, well, look what I found. And he taught me that, you know, you only have, you have 10 numbers when it comes to money. You have zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the combination of those numbers that make, you know, that that's, that's how things add, right? You can add, Mm -hmm. you can subtract, you can multiply and you can divide. Mm -hmm. And so, but he said, when it comes, he said, appreciate the penny or you'll never respect the dollar. Absolutely. So money and its impact. So on two things, relationally, Mm -hmm. people have relationship with money. You Mm -hmm. said earlier when we first started, you talked about a budget. Everybody's on a budget. It's like a diet, you know, Mm -hmm. like everyone has a diet. It may not be the best one, but they have one. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And everyone has a budget. (laughs) It's And and, we don't like the term. Right. But but, right. Right. (laughs) So the relationship there, there's a relationship with money, but there's also the peace of mind part about the money. Would you talk Mm -hmm. about those two things as it relates to money and its impact? Because I feel like you do such a great job with how you present that. Oh, I appreciate it. So let me tell you the backstory of how I came, came to that. I grew up in a household. I'm from Colombia originally. And uh, growing up, I was always hearing these two phrases. We don't have the money. We can't afford that. So that was something that was all in, ingrained in my brain all throughout my life. And so I knew, I knew as a child, when I became an adult, I was going to make enough money so I didn't have to be in that position because my parents worked hard, right? They were, they're hard workers and they did everything they could, they could do for the family. So then fast forward to adulthood because of those, I, I became this personal finance geek. I read the personal finance books and I applied everything. So I did that, got married 10 years into our marriage. 
I was looking at our bank accounts and I was looking at our investments and just our situation and the needle hadn't moved much. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, what in the world has happened? Because here I am, this educated woman, right? Supposedly, I knew (laughs) my stuff in terms of personal finance. I applied what the personal finance expert said, but our our bank accounts weren't showing it. Granted, we weren't in a really dire, bad situation, but we were still in debt, we were still, we were, we were investing in retirement, but we had it increased the amount. And at one point we had to tap into a retirement account. So, and, and our emergency funds kept on getting depleted. So I really questioned like, what in the world am I doing wrong? So that is, it's really divine timing because around that time, uh, somehow <laughs> the the author, uh, his name is T. Harv Eckert, uh, he wrote a book called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. And somehow it just it came into whether I was looking at something on the computer, however it came to be. So I got that book. And in that book, that really opened my mind to our mindset and our money mindset. And I really had this aha moment of, oh, my goodness, the things that I heard from my childhood has really affected me and limited me. And, and how we manage our money. Granted, we were doing some of the things, right? But there were other aspects of our money or what I call money headquarters that I wasn't doing. So essentially, when you think about personal finance experts and the money advice that is out there, it boils down to three things. Spend less, save more, and get out of debt, right? But when it comes to what I call the money headquarters, which I talk about in my book, we, there's three parts of the money headquarters. There's the money mindset. So if you think about the money mindset and what it is, it's basically your thoughts, what you have experienced around money, what you have observed and seen that affects your relationship with money. So in terms of the money headquarters, if you think about the money mindset, you think you need to think of it in terms of a foundation of a home with a foundation of your home you need to have a sturdy foundation. If there's problems with that foundation, you're going to have issues with a house, right? So that is like really the foundational piece of your financial life or your money headquarters is is your money mindset. And then as you start building your home, you have your money actions. So some money actions are talking money, (laughs) negotiating, and you have money skills, And the money skills, which is crazy, are the budgeting, uh, saving, those type of things. The money skills are the smallest component. So we've got the money mindset, which makes up about 60%. The money actions, which makes up about 30%. And the money skills, which is what we are taught and what we focus most on, is 10% of that equation. So all this time, I had been focusing on 10% of my whole money headquarters, right? So that's why we were stuck is that we didn't have all the pieces. I just, well, I'm, I've never heard anybody break it down like that. I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan and um, <laughs> he's great. He no, is he great. is. No, he's great. I mean, I mean, he lost a lot, <laughs> you know, he, he had to learn some things, but I love your approach. I love the way you're approaching this because it's different. You know, I tell people like, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I do a lot of leadership coaching and, mm-hmm. um, I'm a business coach and I help people grow stuff. And my thing is build you to build everything else. That's how I start everything. If you're not interested in building yourself, I don't want to work with you. If, wow. if you can't, I mean, I literally will tell them, no, I don't want to work with you. Um, <laughs> and people look at me like I'm willing to pay you X amount of dollars. And I'm like, it's not worth it because you don't want to grow yourself. Mm -hmm. You, you know, you want, you like, you, you're telling me you want to be, you know, a $10 million business or $50 million business. And I'm asking you, what is your exchange? What are you willing to give for that? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you going to do? And I love your simplicity. I think (laughs) I love it. Just the money headquarters, like you're giving people actionable things to think about and you're actually introducing them to a place to where they need to change. 
Right. Because that's we don't hear that a lot. We are hearing save more, spend less, get out of debt. And that's like, like I said, that's really your we're just getting 10 percent of our financial life. Right. And it's not our fault. Right. <laughs> it's right. Not our fault. You know, and I love what you brought up that you grew up in Colombia. Right. And uh, so uh-huh. I have immigrant families, uh, family. That's where I'm from. Both sides of my family. And and oh, in it, Colombia, it, it, not no, but oh, I was but say. yo hablo español también. <laughs> pero, Ay, muy bien. But yeah, but I mean, um, my family's Italian and Ukrainian Jewish on the other side, and <gasps> but they were, you know, and I learned a lot of languages, and I picked, mm-hmm. you know, that's just culturally, I'm a big culture person. But it was what we were told. It's funny that you say this, and I'd like you to drill into this a little bit more because mm-hmm. people listening, this is very important. So to the audience. I feel like this is important. You said it was like, you know, that 10%, you know, these money skills. And that's what you were focusing on. It's like, we Mm -hmm. can't afford this. Well, what we were told was it's not the best use of our money. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that's not the best use. So the budgeting... Or what? Tell me, explain to me a little bit more. Well, what is not the so best? So I would be like, I would be like, Mom, you know, let me, you know, Mom, I want this, or Mom, I want to do this, or Mom, can we? And my mom would be like, Oh, you gotcha. Know, she'd just say like, Timothy, you know, this, you know, yeah, we have that. We could spend mm-hmm. it, but it's not the best use. And I think that feeds back to your mindset. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, and then your money actions instead of just focusing on the skills. Absolutely. And and with the money mindset, there are some important things because you, you mentioned that your mom was saying it's not the best use of your money. One thing that I talk about in my book, too, is with the money mindset, there's three parts, the three stories that we have to be aware of your past money story, your present money story, and your future money story. And in your past money story, it's what you heard, what you experienced, basically that money mindset, what we're taught, like, like in T. Harv, what T. Harvecker teaches. But, um, but what's important to know is that, you know, the past is the past, right? And, but we have to understand that. And I think it's really, really important. And I always rebelled about writing and journaling because I'm like, well, it's in my mind, but there's, and I'm sure because you're a deep work guy, you agree the, the what, how powerful it is to just write. So it's important to write what your past money story is, what you heard, what you experienced, any memories, any of those things, because if you, as you write those things down, you're going to get more clarity as to what happened, maybe how you feel about money. So that's one thing. And then you write your present money story. So how, how your life is today with money and how you feel around money. And what you do is you compare the two because sometimes we're so busy. We don't think about our past money stories that we repeat those same cycles, right? So it's important to acknowledge the past, know what that past money story is, understand what our present money story is, and are we repeating some of those same cycles that may not be serving us, right? So those are two components. And then the third component is your future money story. So we've got the past, the present, and the future is how we want to live. But we also want to know how do we want to feel around money? Do we want to get excited looking at our bank account? Do we want to go confidently in that grocery store instead of swiping that card and just kind of crossing our fingers that it won't get declined, that we are going to be confidently swiping our card. How those type of things is what we want to write in our money story. So what, you know, how do we want to live and how do we want to feel around our money? So those are three stories that are just really, really important to know, to know and, and bring it and bringing it back to your mom is that it's, she probably had some past money stories that she was repeating herself, right? Right. Because she probably heard those things and she was repeating it, but that's all she knew. So she didn't, uh, that became her present money story and she didn't have a future money story possibly, right? So that's what I'm I'm thinking. No, I, I love that. And, you know, so let's, let's keep digging into this because 
I, I mean, I'm really excited about this conversation. I'm just like, oh, God. I'm, I'm like, I mean, first of all, I mean, you are top notch in what you're talking. Like, I can tell you live this. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, this is something that will be aired and not edited. But like you get, you, you know, you talk to people, there's everybody out there with something. I can tell that you're not trying to sell something. This is like you live this, and I just want to say again, thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. I I, I really love serving and helping others. That's just been something (laughs) since I was little. I can just tell you live it, so just want to put that out there. But what about people like, okay, so I know earlier you mentioned like, you know, disposable income. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to get to that point. But what happens when individuals are in the spot where, you know, maybe they don't know how to be more entrepreneurial or how to, um, uh, you know, advance themselves, or maybe they don't have the disposable income to improve their education at the moment or whatever, but they're in this spot. I believe, and I've always said this to people, I really believe with all of my heart that it's amazing how far a dollar can go mm-hmm. if you have the right mindset. So Absolutely. could you speak to people who, I mean, maybe, maybe they just, you know, they're, they're not in a place to where they see great gain of income. How, right. do, you, how do you help them with the money they have? And I believe mm-hmm. that's something that you put in, like, there's traditional ways of looking at things. There's your way and there's traditional ways, right? And mm-hmm. then, but you also really get into, um, I believe on some of the things that I've read that you've put out there that literally say like, what do you have and how do mm-hmm. you use it? Obviously that's another mindset thing. We're going back to that again, but how do you help them to to say like, this is not your end. You know, you're not, it's not over for you, but it's amazing how, the millionaire next door wasn't the person with the greatest education in the highest mm-hmm. paying job. Right. Can you talk right. more about that? Absolutely. So when it comes to disposable income and really wanting to have more of it, we have to understand where that money is going. Bottom line, we have to understand where that money is going and get clarity on there. And that's where people get stuck. And it's not that they get stuck is that they have that fear already, that overwhelm, that the fear of the unknown. What if we don't have any money? But what if you do, even if it's just a dollar extra, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, is you need to have that clarity. What on your bottom, what I call your bottom line. So your bottom line is your income minus your expenses. So you have to know that number in order to be able to move forward with your goals. And that's where people get stuck or just <laughs> it stops them in their tracks, right. their tracks, because they don't want to know that. But the it's really important to know that it's just they're just numbers and you have to know what that number is so you can move forward. And sometimes that number is better than you think. So it's just a matter of figuring that number. And another part of it, too, is. Is with finding out where your money is going, that's, of course, that's why you need a a budget, right? But it's more than just putting the numbers in the different categories. It's about putting those, you know, it's putting the numbers in the categories and doing something with that. And why do I say that? So we can have a traditional budget. You've got your income and your expenses, your rent or your mortgage, your food, whatever the case may be. But there's also going to be some expenses that you put in there that are not uh, don't happen every month. They're non-monthly. So people will, let's say, haircuts or I don't know, whatever those things may be. So you put them, you, people will put those numbers in there and estimation is that, and that's fine and dandy, but what happens is there's no action to it. So this is where the other part is, is you, for those non-monthly expenses, they don't have, I mean, putting in them on your budget, uh, uh, on your software, whatever it is that you use for your budgeting tool, it's not enough. You have to 
put those that money or that uh, estimated money that is going to go for those monthly expenses aside. And why I bring this up is that that's another area that disrupts your cash flow. So for example, let's say in your budget, you have X amount of money for these different things, but a, let's say a non-monthly, let's say it's near summertime and you have kids and you put them and you're going to put them in a summer camp, but that wasn't accounted for in your budget, but your income has been staying the same. And all of a sudden you put your kids in these, uh, fantastic summer camps and your income still the same. So what happened? It disrupts your cash flow and then the, what's, what's going to happen with the next bill, right? You're trying to figure out how am I going to pay the next bill, right? So those are some things to consider when in, in terms of gaining clarity. So it's, it's about knowing your bottom line, but it's also about getting super crystal clear with those non-monthly ex- expenses and, and setting those, uh, those dollars aside for them because it really disrupts the cash flow. And I see people doing that over and over again. And I diverted here. So you're going to have to regroup me to make no, sure no, I'm answering your question. You no, know, you're, you're doing, no, this is great. You didn't divert. Like it's, it's opening up more conversation. So, um, and that's my favorite thing as a coach, you know, like that's what I tell people. Like, you know, people will say, Oh, well, I have a coach mentor and I'm like, they're not synonymous. They're not the same. A mentor shares their experience. A coach mm-hmm. asks you questions mm. to get you to solve mm-hmm. your own problem. That's the problem with education. Education gives you answers to remember and not problems to solve. And yes. so I'm big into so well said. <laughs> yeah. So I say, let me challenge you to think about this differently. Let's solve this problem. So no, you're doing great. I let, if I could dig into that a little bit more because sure. it, it's just opening this up for me. I'm in with my coach curiosity. Like <laughs> go for it. Like, you know, so Jen, like like when it comes to people like I'm I'm convinced that it's not this great idea that yields this I mean it happens like someone comes up with some great idea. That's like the lottery to me. It's like I get this scratch off thing or I pick the right numbers and I win. Right. But what did I actually do? You're talking about the hard work. Mm -hmm. How do you encourage folks that in their minimal amount of what they feel is the wage that they earn and letting them know, like, how do you, how do you like coach them into saying, keep this up because you know, if you do these right things, it you'd be surprised how, at how much your money can actually grow with consistency. It's not the, of course, if I put a million dollars in the bank every single week, my money's going to grow much faster than someone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. But if I put myself by laws of average into the mix of the rest of the world and I just do the things that I, <clears throat> excuse me, need to do, and I do them with the right mindset, with the right purpose, with a goal in mind, and really build and change my relationship with money and understand that my goal is for peace of mind, I actually can grow my wealth. I can grow it. And it could actually massively accelerate because eventually I'll get to bigger numbers, correct? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so how do you how can how can you share with the audience that maybe you're, you know, you're at that $38,000 a year job or $28,000 or 40,000 and you're controlling your lifestyle and you are trying to get the right perspective on things. How do Mm -hmm. you, how do you help them not to turn into a hustler to grow their wealth, but turn into a person with purpose to grow that wealth? Absolutely. So there's two things. Uh, number one is I'm uh, I'm big on um, baby steps. So uh, create a goal um, that where you can achieve a quick win and then start building momentum from that. So that's number one, uh, because from there you're going to see progress. Right. And that's what we want to see. So maybe the first uh, goal for you, if you've never had a budget, is creating one and implementing it for a month, right? 
So it's about those, you know, those, those baby steps and getting those wins and building upon it. Obviously the next, the next one would be uh, a, a slightly bigger bowl, but I, for me, I think that's very, very important. Uh, and number two, one, uh, one uh, action or one activity or exercise that I have my clients do as well is creating a dream budget. And I talk about that in my book as well. And the reason why, and we were taught to right, especially when, especially in fields like where you're at, what you're doing, um, personal development is a huge thing. So it's about dreaming and writing out our vision and doing vision boards or whatever the case may be. Right. So with this dream budget, it's about dreaming where you want to be, right. And what you want to do, but creating a budget for it. So how much money do you want to be making? What kind of house payment do you want to be having? And uh, really getting into the details. Well, if you're spending X amount of groceries and you're feeling like you're being very limited, how much money would you spend on groceries a month? How much uh, would you spend on travel? Those type of things. Because with doing and doing that, you're creating a more detailed uh, vision of what that looks like with dollar figures, right? And then you can compare it to the now and you're going to see, depending on your, your, what your intention, you know, how intentional you are, right? So maybe you have these big aspirations that you want to live in a mansion, or maybe for you, it's just, you're more simple and you're content with maybe just a slightly bigger home and, uh, and one more car. It, you know, it, it varies from person, but it's important to, and you know, my clients love this exercise because what they have found is that their dream budget doesn't necessarily vary from what they're doing today. Meaning they don't, they, it's not going to take, it's not a far reach to go or to live on their dream budget, right? Maybe they have to have, I don't know, a thousand dollars more, 2000, whatever it is for that particular person. But it's important I think it's powerful to have those tangible dollar figures of how you want to live in the future because by doing that, you're already getting your brain thinking, how can I make that happen, right? Right. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, you, I can, like I said, I'm going to say this again, you own this. I really love that. I can tell this is so internal for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. Like it's indigenous. It's almost like it's like when you came out, like when you were born, like this was already at work. And I'm one of those people that believe in that. I believe so much that um, I'm a fingerprint guy. I tell like um, I'm working on a book right now and mm -hmm. um, there are two parts of it. Your fingerprint is one thing, but, you know, the advance of DNA studies and like even cold cases are being so solved because of DNA, which, mm -hmm. which is great. So one is your touch and the other one is your essence. Your fingerprint is your touch. Like you can tell I was there by my fingerprint. Mm -hmm. But the, it, the essence part is what separates my DNA from yours. 99.9% mm. of my DNA is just like yours. But my 0.1% is the difference. It tells, it tells you it was me. And, right. and so I see these two things at work in you. So I just want to let you know, it's <laughs> like, so nice. well, it's the truth. I can tell like you, I can tell you're not like looking around trying to figure out what your answer is. So, um, <laughs> in, 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 you know, as a coach, I pay attention to those things. So, like, <laughs> but, um, but you like, I'm now I'm going to get a little personal. What, what hit you so hard? that made you move in this direction? One, the situation to, uh, 10 years into our marriage, that was definitely one. And, and the reason why is I felt a lot of shame, uh, a lot of guilt, and it felt really, really bad when uh, people would ask me for advice on their finances and me knowing the real situation, right? Where it's like, Oh, you think I've, we've got it together? Well, we don't. So that was hard. And so th that was one. And, and then the other part for me was I see a lot of people overcomplicating 
uh, money. And it doesn't have to be complicated. And I've always been a very simplistic person. So I wanted, that was my mission. That was to really make money simple, to make money fun uh, and inviting instead of what it typically is, where you want to run away from it, right? You want to run away from any, from any money problems. You want, want don't want to talk money and all those things. And so that that's what really drove me is one, my personal situation where I felt a lot of shame around like the current situation. And I didn't understand why, because I felt like I had done everything uh, to that point. And then uh, number two, just seeing others and uh, seeing their overwhelm and fear and, and around money. And I, I wanted to change that. So, um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like sitting here and I'm just like, wow, like that is, first of all, I appreciate your transparency. Um, the, what do you feel why is it so hard for people in your, because I believe you're an expert in what you're talking about. Like I, I, I legitimately would call you an expert. So <laughs> thank you. I know I tell people if you call yourself an expert, I want to ask the person that's next to you. Like, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm like, don't tell me you're an expert. So I'm just telling you by the way you're talking, like I can tell your expertise is there. So uh, why what is the problem with people in money, in your expertise, in the time you've spent with people? What makes them, what makes it so hard for them to get to that place that you just said to me, just the shame part? What, mm -hmm. what do you, what have you learned? What have you been able to ascertain and discover? That's a great question. I think for me, it's more because money is such a taboo topic. Really, when we hear anything about money, it's either about someone winning the lottery, someone getting into a lot of debt or getting out of a lot of debt, someone going into bankruptcy. But we don't hear or even in not just in the media, but in any TV show, when have you heard any a deep conversation on money besides, I mean, other than, oh my goodness, we don't, we don't have enough to pay the bills. Uh, you don't hear anything about getting to know as let's say as a couple around money. We, you don't hear those conversations. It's only negative or, uh, not well serving conversations. Right. Uh, so that that's one. Uh, and number two is we are, all we hear about and are taught about uh, is the traditional money advice. And even then we're not really taught, right? That personal finance is not seen in schools, uh, not often, right? There's definitely in some states where it's mandatory, but that's something that is evolving. And I think we have a long ways to go. Uh, and then at, on top of that, what is it is taught is that traditional money advice. So what I mentioned, the the money skills. So budgeting, how to budget, how to save, how to invest, which is again only ten percent of the puzzle. Ten percent of the puzzle. Uh, so that's that's another aspect because that's all we know. And I think it's something that needs to evolve and and grow. It just kind of like in the nutrition industry, we have like the the plate where it's supposed to be a certain percentage of this and that, and that has evolved, right? There's like the traditional aspect that are still how they serve the kids in schools, their lunches. And then the other ones, the new, the new wave of uh, and, and you never know who's right, or it's just always a new wave. Oh, high fat, low carb, all that stuff. Right. So the, in, um, in personal finance and financial literacy, I think we've got a long ways to go in terms of educating people, because since we don't talk money, <laughs> uh, it's, it's something that we need to start doing and, and in different ways. And we need to learn how to talk money. It's not about the budgeting always. It's not about who's spending more or overspending, but it's about learning about each other. And it starts with learning your money stories and uh, how you grew up around money. If you understand that about each other within a, and within a relationship, you have a better respect uh, for your partner and why maybe they like to spend more or splurge or like me and go to Starbucks, those type of things. So I think that's, that's very, very important. I love the money stories. So I just want to tell you, I love that. 
money stories. <laughs> That's just because I'm a story person. Like <laughs> when I speak, majority of everything I talk about is a story. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I fold in my point. It's story, you know, because I believe that's where we all understand. We put it yes. into a relatable, right. It's a relatable place, you know? So I love the fact that you like everything about what you're saying. I love that your past, your current and your future, which uh, I'll tie that in here in a bit because that's what uphill conversations is all about. Um, what about, what about the false sense of security of having money? How do you talk to people who just, you know, because maybe, maybe they've done a good job and they put Mm -hmm. their money away and maybe they make a great amount of money, money, and they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. But what happens when things shift? What if the person loses their job? What if they, what if they are all of a sudden not employable anymore? What if they, um, um, I mean, I don't know. You're just like obsolete, (laughs) you know, whatever, whatever could come up. Right. You know, but they banked on that. What do you tell people to not build a false sense of security in the fact that you have money? How do you help them to say, pay attention to these things? Because if this happened to you, it is survivable mm-hmm. and you can thrive still, but don't just get comfortable. What do you say to those people? Well, a couple things. One, it's always important to have your ducks in a row, uh, those, uh, especially those plans, those legal documents uh, for sure. So it's uh, knowing and having, uh, being confident that you have those, those that paperwork done, right? Uh, and number two is, I would ask, uh, if you have a false sense of security, what is your vision of having a secure future, right? What is, what does that look like besides just having plenty of money? I mean, I'm talking about dollars and cents. What does that look like? So is it living, um, let's say you're retired, is it living on $100,000 a year or is that not enough? Uh, maybe it's living on $50,000 a year, right? So what is what gives you that sense of security? Not what we're supposed to have, right? But what makes us feel good, right? So there's a difference to what money experts say they're speaking to the masses, right? They are, their message is fine, but they're speaking to the masses. And the only expert in you is you. You know your unique situation. You know your unique desires and wants where the experts don't. So that's where, yes, use that expert guidance as expert advice as guidance, but tune into you, to your wants, to your desires, uh, and allow that to help you make those decisions uh, with your finances. Okay. What what do you feel is wrong with the way a lot of financial planners? Now, I'm saying this. I'm asking my friend now that I've – I feel like we've, we're have we becoming friends. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, Jen, I'm asking, and I know that you're not, you know – Claiming to be a financial planner, that's not what you do. Mm-hmm. I understand that. So in no wise am I saying that um, publicly um, into to the audience. But what what do you feel is wrong with maybe some of the way financial planners are doing things and giving people or maybe adding to a false sense of security? I can't say what they're doing is wrong, but it's a met. And of course it varies from financial planner to financial planner, but I, and I've seen, and I know financial planners who I'm friends with that have that more holistic approach when uh, working with clients. And I think that's what we need to have. It's step away from the books for a while, for a bit, right? The book knowledge is fantastic, but get to know the person for who they are and what they want and their desires, right? And I know that's shifting with some financial planners that I have uh, talked to, but I think that piece is important because finance is cut and dry and that's fine and dandy, but we have to know the person and their unique desires and wants. 
Okay. You said something earlier, and I love this about journaling. And mm-hmm. I am I'm a big journal freak. Okay. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> I tell people nothing listens better than a blank piece of paper. <laughs> okay. Nothing. <laughs> nothing listens better. And when you can allow your mind and your emotions to like combine themselves and write. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people write in their journals and code because they're afraid of who may read it. You know, my rule is in my house is you see these journals, don't touch them unless I'm dead. <laughs> like mm. if I die, you can read these or if I give it to you, you can read it. But like because I don't want to write in code. You know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. say what I got to say because when I come back, the paper speaks back to me. Right. A lot of people, I tell them that, you know, your mind is the only thing that can reason. Your emotions do not have the ability to reason. Your emotions are not capable of reasoning. Your mind is. But if I could make a good relationship between the two and I can journal and I write about mm-hmm. things, then I can come back to that. And then I can hear what the paper says back to me after I've left it alone for you know, a day, two days, a week, whatever. Right. And I come back to it, right? And I read through it. Do you journal? Do you practice that? Is that something that you do? Do you take time to like really allow yourself to like dump all this out? Like even in your most cataclysmic points or even, you know, where things were at a breaking point or uh, there were a struggle. Do you do that? And... And and how important do you feel like journaling would be for a person to to discover their past, you know, their money conversations in the past, their current and their future? Right. It comes in seasons. So, and it depends on what you define on journaling. So I make in, in my planner, I love planners, <laughs> uh, in my planner, I have a set uh, area for wins. I have a set area for like my reflections, my intentions. So for me, that's a part of journaling, but if it's like, Oh, a journal for, what happened uh, that day through that day, my journaling is more brief and succinct. Uh, but in, uh, so it's not like a dear diary type journal. Uh, and, but then, so that is done constantly, but in terms of doing like what you say, the deep work that comes in seasons. And when I feel like maybe I'm stuck or I feel like there's a need to do that because I find when, when I do that, when I take a moment to just, like you said, just dump everything out, I gain more clarity. I learn more about myself. I even go back to some of the things that I've written in the past. And it's just so amazing to just have that testament of your growth of where you were at a certain point in life and to where you are now and your reflections, because you're always changing, right? You're always growing. And uh, so it's fantastic. So yes, I do like succinctly, like on a constant basis, uh, just because I like to, I have learned how essential celebrating those wins are. Um, and I learned that thanks to my husband, <laughs> Because there was a point in my life where when I started this business, I was really down on myself. And I'm like, I'm working so hard. (laughs) I'm getting nowhere. Like nothing's happening. And my husband, he's like this, I I call him like a mentor, right? He's definitely like that type of mentor where he's just, I think you and him could have like deep talks, right? (laughs) So he would sat me down and he's like, okay, you feel this way. And then he started listing all these things that I had accomplished that I just ignored, right? That I didn't even acknowledge. I didn't really, didn't bother. It just for some reason, I didn't celebrate it, right? So that's why for me, like the wins are a huge part because it keeps me going. So with the journal, it's just brief. But when I have a moment where I feel like I'm stuck, I definitely just kind of dump it out on paper. And that's great. And when you revisit, that's, and that, to me, that's what I believe is like that paper talks back to you. It's a two, it turns into a two-way conversation. It's like mm-hmm. what you wrote down and it helps you to reconcile because, you know, most people don't realize that most decisions are made subconsciously. They're, right. they're already done. 
Mm-hmm. It's based on what your historical position has been and what you've experienced, right? So, right. like, it's all historical. But if you can allow your conscious mind to get involved, you know what I mean, with what you're feeling, what's happened in the past, you can actually, you know, change the course of your future. So, um, I love that. And I, and sometimes you may not even get an answer, but you got right. it. You got it out, right? Like that's right. you just got it out. So that's a that's a great thing. Well, this show is, you know, about, you know, uphill conversations. And so my philosophy is that um anything worth having is uphill, but you can't go uphill with downhill habits. Your current condition cannot match your emerging future. And I love what you talk about because even you talk about future. What's your future story of money? And what's your current condition? The only thing is on the show, I don't talk about your past because as a coach, I don't want to get into your past. I want to say, mm-hmm. where where are you now and where do you want to go and what's it going to take to get there, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were to tell me what uphill challenge have you recently encountered that you really had to dig in and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that it, it, it's just... And maybe you could still be in it. You could say, hey, I'm still there or it was in my past. But um, I'm not a cyclist, but like Tour de France, they give those guys like that yellow jersey for, mm-hmm. for climbing the hill and they win. And, they, you know, that's a lot of work. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they're drafting. Sometimes they're, you know, they got a team. They're like they could be injured. They get, but they win. They win that day on that climb and they mm-hmm. get a jersey. What uphill challenge have you recently faced or oh, are you still in that you have overcome and what yeah. did you do? So basically for me, as, um, as you remember, I'm a military spouse. Uh, and for me being, this is your finishing off year 17 or actually going in into year 18. The, the most recent challenge was another long separation from my husband. So he was gone for a year. Uh, so I did the solo parenting a gig, uh, and fortunately, my boys are amazing. They're uh, 15 and 11, and they're my rocks. But it was definitely a challenge because I've always, as a military spouse, I knew what I got myself into. You can never be fully prepared or whatnot, but I think after doing this for 17 years, it got me. Like, it got me good, right? So it was, it was a tough year. Uh, emotionally. And then I had this book that I was writing and had a deadline and then trying to continue to build a business and grow. It was not easy. Uh, But really to overcome it, um, fortunately, my husband is amazing. And fortunately for technology, we were able to talk uh, quite often. But the challenge uh, or to overcome it was just that quality family time with my boys. Um, like I said, there were definitely, uh, my rocks, uh, in this whole process. That is awesome. You're little men. I love it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> little men. Isn't that great? Like you can just see it in them. So that is, thank you. That was a very, um, I mean, it's very touching. Um, and once again, I love your transparency, but, um, Well, let me ask you this. This is my last Mm -hmm. question for you uh, as far as for the podcast part here. What are three things that you are optimistic about over the next 12 months? Optimistic about? That could be personal or professional. It doesn't matter. For me, my business is one for sure. Uh, Lots of doors have been opening, uh, continuing to open. And that's, I, I love that. Because uh, I have been working really, really hard. Uh, and uh, two more. I am optimistic. I, I, my oldest, um, I mean, both my boys, but why I say my oldest is that I'm really tr- accepting and trying to, <laughs> that he's in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but, and, and, and it's scary. Uh, it, but at the same time, I feel that as parents, we've done our, I mean, granted, we still have three and a half years. Uh, but just for me, I'm optimistic in terms of like the man that he's becoming, right? Or the young man, because <laughs> he's just right. 15. But so I'm optimistic uh, on that. Um, and 
just life. And I mean, I know it's a general answer, but just life in general. And when I think back to our challenges, what we've overcome, I mean, we've had really so many amazing blessings in our lives that I really folk try to focus on that. So I just in life in general, I feel optimistic. Um, and I know that's not a specific answer. No, but. no, it's, no, that's very specific. <laughs> but just, it's, no, just it's the good. life. I mean, I, I mean, it's been just an amazing journey um, up to now. I am in my 40s and proudly so. Uh, but it's just amazing, like just reflecting on like everything that has happened in my lifetime and. I know that there's like a lot of pessimism, like in like with the government and politics, but I don't focus on that for sure. I mean, even though the the current president, that's my husband's commander in chief, but I don't focus on all those things because with I'm here, I'm digressing here, but with like politics and all that, people are taking sides, but it's all based on emotion and their needs versus the needs of the general population, right? So I don't know, I digress. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> you didn't digress. And that was, no, that was, that's you. That's who you are. And that's what I want. And that's what I think the audience wants as well. So, and I believe it's very helpful what you're saying. And I love your priorities. So thank you. Um, what's the best way for the audience to engage you? If you were to say, I want to talk to you, mm -hmm. meet me here. Where would that be? Just on my website, jenhemphill.com. There you will find everything that you need. We have a free Facebook community. Uh, if you want to grab my book, you can find that there. My podcast, literally everything that you need uh, is on that website. All right. Well, this is me throwing you on the spot. <laughs> We're doing giveaways to people. Mm -hmm. Would you send me some books? Absolutely. I would love to add you into the mix. We have other authors that have done things and they sent books to us and I just give them away. So perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. I can make that happen. Okay. Well, that'll be great. So this has been another episode of Uphill Conversations. Always remember you can be more, do more and have more. Your reasons for being, doing and having are for you to figure out and nobody else. And there's only one you in this world is looking for you, that person to show up every single day, each and every day. But most importantly, always remember you'll see people like myself and Jen on the Hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the Hill.